0: We have Charlie and Jody Watkins and their family with us from Show Me Christian Youth Home. They made their rounds this morning through some, several of the Sunday school classes, and I know most people here are familiar with, uh, with Show Me and some of the stuff that they do. Um, uh, if you're not, uh, they, they've they got a table set up at the back. They'll be at the back of the church when service is over, and we'd encourage you to stop and ask them questions. They'd be glad to uh, to kind of inform you what Show Me is about and what they do, but uh, Charlie's actually going to speak to us today, but before uh, that happens, I'm, I'm just going to talk to Charlie and Jody just a little bit. They they have a what I think is a very fascinating story, um, and uh, I've, I've always been inspired by inspiring people. Yes, Charlie, I'm putting you in that category. You're an inspiring person. Well, actually, you were smart and married Jody, and that, that's what makes you inspiring. Uh, but But people that that do things that that touch your heart and inspire you. I, I, I love to see those stories, read those stories, get to know those stories, and and really I think that is their story. So Charlie and Jody, if you'd come up, um, and Jody's not real thrilled with me for putting her in front. <laughs> so I'm gonna hand the microphone to you, Jody, first. So, uh. but first of all, I will warn you of, of a couple things. Uh, I've known Charlie and Jody for a number of years uh and I, I about lost my life twice because of Charlie uh I played golf with him one time uh remember the Luther, Trinity Lutheran golf tournament and his brother-in-law hit me in the head with his golf club uh I, uh I my bell the club away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and another time when we were in Mexico <clears throat> we were working on a project do you remember that and we had a nail gun and Charlie uh misfired the nail gun uh I was close i wasn 't as close as him because it sc- scraped his stomach and uh, yeah, left a little mark so yeah, but be, uh uh so so I would warn you if you're around charlie uh if we take a group this summer maybe and help out at show me just uh, volunteer to be at the group that Charlie's not leading uh, when you're there so uh, <laughs> first of all, let me one question I just uh want to ask you and let you guys uh you know share a little bit tell. Tell how you came in contact with, with Show Me and how, uh, how you ended up there. Well, to start that, just tell what your background was before that and, and then how you ended up there. You've got the mic, so I'll, I'll let you start, and then you can hand it off whenever you want.
1: All right. Well, Charles and I were both um, teachers, and um, we actually started going on um, mission trips with Tim I don't know why, (laughs) Um, no, and then, and so after going on a mission trip with his group, we weren't going to the church he was at, we just got really involved um, with um, Tim and all the church members, so we started going to church um, where Tim was pastoring, and um, absolutely fell in love um, with the people there, and Tim, And Rita. And Rita. Yeah, Yeah, Rita. That might have been more of that. Anyway, um, and then one day they had Show Me come in and present and explain what they did. And my husband and I, both being educators, um, listened to that. And one of the things, they talked about having the homes, and then they talked about having a private school there at Show Me. um, And at the end of it, we we got in the car, and we both looked at each other and said, that would be amazing, because one of the things as an educator that I felt we missed out on was the time that the kids went home, because we had them for eight hours, but then they went home, and we had several kids in our community that didn't have very good home lives, and I just thought, if I could just take them home with me and have them for 24 hours, just imagine what impact we could have on their lives, and so we got to talking, and within about a year, um, we ended up we we went to church camp, and then Show Me was there as well. Got to know more about it, and anyway, we ended up going and being house parents there.
2: Well, I might add, yeah. with <clears throat> part of this with Tim was that uh, we'd heard about Show Me, and we we kind of wanted, we kind of were interested in that. But then a situation came up at church camp, and the cook there was. I don't know I was doing some just some weird things and feeding I don't know I was I was upset with the way it was going on so I went to Tim and I said Tim you know you need to get a different cook at camp because because he was in charge of that kind of stuff and I said this is terrible and he looked at me and he said you know Charles you can either be part of the problem or part of the solution and I was like what does that mean <laughs> he goes well you guys could go and cook you're off all summer long and that's how it ended up we spent a summer there just so happened to be the summer that Show Me was there for the entire summer. So we got to know all the people from Show Me as well. So Tim kind of shoved us into and that
0: as well. I think we only had to cook one summer, though, as I remember. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> Jody thought she was going to get a lot more help out of me, but that didn't
0: happen. So anyway. what, what have been some of the um, – tell them what you've done, because you've done several different jobs at Show Me and, and certainly in a different one now. So kind of tell them what you, what you do at Show Me.
2: Well, we started at Show Me, we were house parents and um, – we went to house to, to be at Show Me originally. We were just going to be, uh, teachers and I was going to coach, um, coach basketball and baseball and track and, and, uh, volleyball too. Um, uh, Derek didn't think I'd coach volleyball. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we, that's what we started out to do, just to teach and we were going to have two kids. And within four months, we had 13 kids <laughs> at Show Me and we were still doing all those different things. Um, we did that for three years, and we just, uh, I don't know what, I, it, we the 13 kids just burned us out. We totally got completely burned out, I don't know why, um, <laughs> but uh, we decided we would come back to, we went back to Effingham, Kansas, and we both got our master's degrees, and we really kind of thought we had served, and, and we were just going to uh, teach, and uh, I got a call, I don't know, it's been about six years ago now, and the, the new director asked us, if we'd be interested in coming back and i just like i said we'd just been just had our master's degrees i was coaching and here in several different sports and jody got a master's degree in special education so you know it was really like no our lives are kind of going in this direction but god just uh he just worked on us we went down and did a camp we volunteered to do a, a horse camp down there and we just couldn't leave so it's it's god has just really pushed us into this position now. I'm the assistant director and Jody's the school administrator at at the uh, home. And we, we do emergency care and we also have one child that lives with us and um Kylie lives with us. You wanna stand up, Kylie? She's <laughs> awesome. She's a seventeen year old, great basketball player, great volleyball player. And we got Jenna here today. She's our senior. <laughs> and uh Cassie is fifteen. And I think Trey's on the floor.
0: <laughs> oh no, he's over no, there. Are you there, Trey? <laughs> Oh, all right. So, I don't what, know. Uh, what, uh, this may be, maybe What has been your uh, your greatest challenge in in your years at Show Me, and then also greatest victory? Should have gave that question ahead of time, shouldn't I? <laughs> you
2: want
1: <do> to <laughs> I don't. I just. I think maybe our greatest challenge is just um, day to day, um, because you never know what you're going to face each day. um, Just as any parent, Um, so I don't know more specifically. Well, I think the
2: challenging part, and I I get, I get the pleasure, I guess, of uh, being the supervisor of all the house parents now. And the challenge, the biggest challenge is kind of to watch, the, to see the situations where the kids are coming from uh, and still try to be parents and still try to be, you know, still try to help them along the way. And, you know, it's, it's really easy to parent out of guilt and to be, you know, to give too much maybe. Uh, so the challenging part is to know their situation, know where they're coming from and still try to be that parent uh, to the kids because some of these kids are, well, they're just very resilient. I mean, they're, for some of the things they've been through, a lot of our kids have been adopted and then uh, given up. So they've been given up to be adopted, then given up to come to show me, and just to live through that would be hard enough. But then to go through all the normal things that kids go through uh, in life just makes it that much harder. So I would say that would be you know, the biggest challenge is the day-to-day situations and having to help love them through some tough situations, and then yet still be that parent that they need as well.
0: And what, if you can quantify uh, one of the the biggest victories or or, or biggest joys in doing what you've done the last several years?
1: Uh, As far as especially being in the school, is um, just seeing the kids accomplish goals that they have set that they really didn't think they'd ever accomplish. We had a 21-year-old boy that graduated from high school, who came at 16 with no credits and at that point in his life was really going to end up probably in a gang. And he's now, he graduated and is getting married in a couple of weeks. So just seeing those things is exciting.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the resilience of the kids that we have and in coaching, I, I've got a couple of them here, but this I just got to brag a little bit here on our girls because last year we started in a league in Kansas City area and uh, it's for small Christian schools, but we went 0 and 27 in volleyball and 0 and 25 in basketball. And you would think that that would be it. Kids would just quit. There would just not be much resilience. You know, I mean, most kids would. I mean, it was a lot of humiliation. There was a lot of times we got beat by 50 points. Um, this year, we took second in the state in volleyball. We took second in the state in basketball. And those girls just never quit. They they are. Everybody in the league just can't get over how hard they've worked, how hard they've come back, and how, and I thought that's just, that's just life for these kids. They, that's really not, it's not a big deal, I guess, to them, because every day is, is, is are those challenges set in front of them. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what the other one was I was thinking of now. I totally forgot it. But there's just been so many, uh, things that, um, I don't know, just hard to put them all into words, but I think that those, those have been the oh I know what it was this Christmas we had an unbelievable Christmas present we had two our first two girls that lived with us uh, Whitney and Whitley who were twins uh, they lived with, they were fifteen when they moved in with us and they came back and they were twenty five years old they visited us for Christmas and they brought one of them brought his fiance and one brought uh, her husband and one of them lives in Utah they're twins and they the one lives in Utah and her husband is uh, she's been very successful in the military. Um, graduated from college. Uh, her husband's a newscaster, sportscaster in Utah. And Whitney lives in, um, Independence, right? Liberty. Liberty. And she works for, uh, uh, Missouri Southern, which is where Jenna's gonna go to college this year and, or next year. And she's, uh, she's getting married to a guy that's the head track coach at William Jewell and, and they're just, <coughs> You know, just come back and to have conversations with them and they tell us, we only had them for a year. And I didn't think we made that big of an impact on her life. Um, but they, were, they, and especially the one only lived with us for six months, five months out of the year. And, uh, just, I didn't realize the impact we had on her. And they were able to tell us that. And that was really nice. So, what yeah. right a victory.
0: Well, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Uh, I had the, the opportunity of, of passing Charlie and Jody and their family and, it's kind of mixed emotions when they someone comes to you and say, "Well, we're going to move to Show Me and take our family away because they were an important part of our church." But obviously, we supported that. And then a few years later, they came back and and they were beat down and 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 I could tell you some of the stories they shared with me, just how difficult it was and how much they had, using some of their own money sometimes to just make sure kids had things. And 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 as a pastor, kind of selfish, like, "Yes, they're back and got them plugged in." And Charlie's going to Mexico with us again and. And leadership, and uh, uh, but but their heart was was show me, and and when they received the call, and 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 he came and talked to me again, and said, "Hey, we're going back." Uh, I hated to lose him, but I knew that's where God wanted them, um, and and really show me he's doing some wonderful things, and Charlie's leadership and Chad's leadership, uh, the, the ministry is in great hands, and we'll continue to go forward. So I appreciate you guys being here. Their story. It inspires me. I hope it inspired you. Now, Charlie's going to share the word with us this morning. Briefly.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <before> yeah. <laughs> no, Romans this morning. Uh, Romans chapter 12. And, um, real quick, I know there's probably some hunters in here. You guys, there's some hunters in here? No? Oh, my goodness. Oh, there's one. Any any archers? All right, good. All right, good. Well, just recently, I guess it's been about four months ago now, Show Me started an archery club, archery program for our kids. And it was pretty cool. The kids were shooting these bows. And I thought, well, that looks like an activity I could do with my kids. Well, that would be kind of fun. In the evenings, we got our garage cleaned out and started shooting. And my dad bought me a bow. He said, well, you need a bow, you need a good bow, to, so maybe we can go deer hunting. So he bought me a bow, and, I, and some of this terminology, if I don't have it all down right, you guys can correct me, but, you know, it's got the, it's a compound bow, so it's got a little peep on there, and it's got a sight that you look through the peep and look down the sight, and you put it on your target, and, you know, then you shoot your bow. Well, it's also got a little release that you hook onto your hand, and, you know, all this all this uh, stuff that I'd never experience before but it was a lot of fun and we started doing that and and so i'm shooting and i'm shooting at this target and i pull my bow back look down the peep look down the sight, shoot the arrow and it's down and to the left you know well you know i called my dad and he said well you know you need to shoot a little bit you need to get you know get practice because you're 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 probably not shooting real accurately you know everything's got to be in the same spot your string's got to be on your nose and on your cheek and your release has got to be the same your hands got to be loose there's like 30 things, you know, but every time as I got better and better, my group got tighter and tighter, but I'm still to the left and down. Well, the funny thing is, you know, it's kind of started to relate back to my sermon that I've been working on. You know, um, there's so many times that I think in our our Christian walk that we think we are looking at what God wants us to look at. We think we're focused on the target that God wants us to be. Shooting for, but in all reality, when I was looking through that peep and looking down that sight, my sight was messed up. My sight needed to be adjusted because it was shooting down and to the left because of the adjustment was off. Well, how many times in our Christian walk do we really feel like we've got it figured out? This is where God wants us to be. And you know, I don't know if a lot of you. I know the gentleman got up here today and says, Does "Anybody have any struggles?" Well, has anybody ever stopped to, to Everybody ever struggled with what they want to do or what God wants them to do? Or am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I on the right path? Am I even shooting at the right target? Have any of you been there? Well, when we decided to come back to show me, this was a verse that really helped us. This was a verse that helped bring into focus where we needed to be and what we needed to be doing. So I want to share that these verses with you. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So see, Paul is telling us, here's here's a way... To test it. Here's a way to figure out what God's will is for our life. And the first thing it tells us to do is it says, do not conform any longer to this world. Well, what that tells me, and I, I could be wrong. I know I, I went to Pleasant Ridge, so I apologize for that right off the bat. You know, my, my education might not have been the best at Pleasant Ridge. Wouldn't have been like, as, like at Troy, because you have good teachers like Derek here that can, right, Derek? But anyway, if we go back to Genesis 1, it says then in 1.26, it said, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male, female, he created them. So we were originally, we are created in God's image. From the time we're born, we begin to conform to this world. We begin to change. We begin to, the things that we see, the things that we hear, the things that we do begin to conform us to the world around us. And Paul tells us pretty clearly, he says, you know, we need to stop. Do not, no longer conform to the world around you. Well, that seems pretty easy to say, but how do we do that? And then Paul tells us, he says, you do that by transforming your mind. You need to transform your mind and renew your mind so that you're no longer conforming to the world around us. Well, how do we do that? Well, I really feel like there's three ways that we're going to talk about today that, that will help us to transform our mind. And first of all, uh, the first thing is God, It's we, we serve an amazing God. We serve a God that His desire is to have a relationship with us. Isn't that cool? I mean, we serve a God that His main focus, I and mean, He made all the things that we see. He's provided all the things for us, but the one thing that He wants most of all, if you read through this book, the one thing He wants is that relationship. He desires a relationship with each one of us. So we need to do that, first of all, by talking to God. You know, when I, when I met my wife at Highland Community College, Um, I wanted to start a relationship with her. And, you know, we went on our first date. (laughs) Don't judge me. We went to Sonic. (laughs) All right. I was a college kid. I didn't have any money. Um, I probably borrowed that money from my dad to go to Sonic. But anyway, we go to Sonic, we get a hamburger, and then we go to the Hiawatha Lake. And we get out of the truck there, and we start walking around the lake. And, you know, what we did for about three hours that night is we talked. And we talked and we talked. We, 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 we developed that relationship. And, and, you know, um, that's what we do. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to pray without ceasing. He wants us to continue to develop that relationship. Now, I don't know, but I'm probably going to bet that if we'd have walked around that lake for three hours and I would have been the only one talking, I'm sure Jody would have gotten a truck, went back home, and she'd never talked to me again. Right? I mean, she doesn't want to hear me talk for three hours. Well, I got to believe God's in the same boat. He wants us to listen too. So we need to pray to him. We need to talk to him, but we also need to get into this book. This book is a living, breathing document. These are God's words. These, this is God talking to us. He talks to us through these words, but he also talks to us through the spirit. And you know, we have to be in a, in a place that we can, we can listen. See, a relationship won't work if we're not communicating both ways. We have to pray to him, but we also need to take the time to listen to the spirit. We need to get into his word and we need to see what God has in store for us. I don't know how many times I've been in a a spot in my life where I, I really just I didn't know which direction to turn. And I tried my way. I tried shooting my my arrow it what I thought God wanted me to do, but it wasn't until I actually got into the Word. It wasn't actually until I prayed and I took time to listen that God made it clear. so all those things are great to pray, to read, to get in tune with the spirit. those are all great, but Francis Chan makes a great illustration and and I heard this the other day, and I just thought man this is this is this is just perfect. It's actually kind of comical because he was. I think he was talking to his daughter. I'm not for sure. But he's telling his daughter, he says, you know what? Your room's a mess. You need to go clean your room. Does anybody have that problem with their kids? All right. No amens there. Okay. But anyway, he says, you know what? You need to go clean your room. And uh, so his daughter leaves. And I don't know, about an hour later, she comes back. And she goes, you know, Dad? He goes, well, did you get your room clean? She goes, well, Dad, you know, I thought about what you said. I took those words and I memorized them. I studied them. And, uh, you know, I feel really good about those words that you said. I understand them completely. But, no, I didn't I didn't clean my room. <laughs> and he goes, well, you know what? You need to go in. You need to get your room clean. So she leaves for another hour or so, and she comes back. She goes, you know what, Dad? I had a few friends over. We talked about the words that you said. We said, you know, go clean your room, and we, we understand that. We analyzed it. And you know what we also did? We went ahead and found out the Greek meanings of those words and the Hebrew meanings of those words. And, and so I know what you're talking. He goes, well, did you clean your room? She goes, no, I didn't clean my room. See, how many times do we get stuck in the prayer and the, and, and which is great and the reading the, the Bible and the studying the Bible and we're coming together and we do these studies and we, but what do we actually do? Do we actually get out there and do something? So that's the third thing that we need to do is we need to serve. We need to put some of these things in action. You know, yeah, I'm not saying it's not important. Tim, I'm not saying don't come to church. I'm not saying don't do Bible studies because that's how we learn what God is, is trying to tell us. But we also have to get into motion. We also have to move. We also have to put those things that God is telling us into action. And I know there's, there's some of you out here that say, well, you know what, I can't do anything. There's nothing that I can do to serve God other than what I'm doing right now. Well, here, the next part of this passage, I think Paul's going to take away some of our excuses. He says, By the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with somber judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So he's not talking to just some of us. He's talking to each and every one of us. For just as each of us has one body with many members. These members do not all have the same function. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, each member belonging to all the others. We have different gifts according um, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Again, each one of us has a gift. Not some of us, not just the pretty people, not just the talented people. Not just the skinny people, even fat people like me, there are gifts that God has given us. And here are some of those gifts. if if you have the gifts of prophecy, then prophesy according with your according to your faith. Faith, faith can't talk. If it is serving, then serve. And if if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to lead, then do so diligently. If it is to show mercy, do so cheerfully. So i got to believe as we read through there, each one of us can find one of those gifts that we have, even if it's as simple as encouraging someone else in your church or in your neighborhood or in your school. You know, i got a story about a – do I have time? How much time do I have? All right. I got a story that, that just blows my mind every time I tell it. It's an amazing story because uh, it, it fits perfectly with this because there's a lot of people who say, I just, there's really nothing I can do to serve God. Well, my neighbor had an 8 n Ford tractor. Does everybody know what an 8 n Ford tractor is? A little utility tractor. I mean, I remember raking hay with it um, when I was a kid. But his 8 util- uh, n Ford tractor was a little different. It was a show tractor. It was all fixed up and shiny. It was all original. And he took it around, and he took it to shows, took it to parades, all those type of things. Well, one day he got bored with it. Him and his wife got bored with it. They wanted something else, so he put it on Craigslist. And this little couple that were, I think they were in their 70s, called and said, hey. Sorry, maybe 80s. Sorry. I don't want to offend anybody. 80s, is that older? There we go. 90s. <laughs> no. No, anyway. They were from uh, they were from uh, Arizona. And they came all the way from Arizona to Knob Noster to buy this 8-in tractor. And the guy, he, he sold it to them. They loaded it on a trailer, and they took it back home. They didn't hear anything for quite a while. Well, three years goes by. And I'm not kidding. I was out mowing my yard, and my neighbor comes over to me, and uh, he said, you're never going to believe this story, Charles. And I said, what? He said, you know, I had this Aden tractor. He went through all that, sold it. This couple bought this cap tractor. They were not Christians. They never went to church ever in their life. They just were not involved in church. They went to uh, do a parade, and the church saw the tractor and asked if they would come and do hay rides. And so they got involved with the church and started going to church and they called and said they were baptized. Told this, my neighbor, and said we were baptized. So, this 8 in 4, an inanimate object, I can't even talk to him, sorry, inanimate object, something that doesn't live, doesn't breathe, brought two people to Christ. Changed two people's lives. And I'm sure that's not all it's changed. From that point on, when these people became Christians, I'm sure they touched other people's lives from that point on. So, this tractor can do it. So I know each one of us, how much more blessed are we? How much more talented are we? What little things can each of us do? Whether it's just being a, and I don't mean this in a bad way, whether it's just being a parent, whether it's just being that teacher at school that the the kids can come to, whether it's being somebody in your community that everybody knows, hey, that guy, that guy is, is a Christian. I can go to him if I'm hurting, you know, just being that person. So each one of us has that. Now here is the part that really gets me. Because uh, Paul tells us uh, if we are if we've transformed our minds, all right, if we are now serving God, we've kind of got everything lined up, this is the hard part. Paul tells us what it looks like. This section it's labeled in the NIV as love and action. Um but I think the best title for that is in a different Bible. I was reading its characters or traits of a let me read here just a second. It's called the uh, marks of a True Christian." and so if we're sitting here this morning and we really feel like we are that true Christian, these things are going to be really hard for us to hear, but I think it's really important as a church that we begin to move in this direction. We must uh, it says we have to love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. be to vote, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Boy, in our society today, that's a tough one, isn't it? Our society is so self-focused. But we're supposed to be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor uh, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. That's tough. It's really hard to bless those that hurt us. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Those are the tough things. Those are the challenging things. Those are hard for us as Christians to do, but that's what God's calling us to do. I really feel like if we, can, if we can pray, if we can study and listen to God, if we can serve God, then God's going to begin to reveal to us His will for us. He's going to put that target right in front of us. See, there's a, there's a guy named uh, Matt Emmons. And maybe you've heard of him. He's a marksman. He's not an archer, but he's a marksman. He shoots Olympic, uh, rifles. I don't, I don't know exactly all that he does. But in 2004, he was in the Athens Olympics and he had the gold medal wrapped up. And he's, uh, you know, all he has to do is basically hit the target and he wins the gold medal. He had done so well. He gets in there, he lines up and he shoots. Shoots again, shoots again. The score comes up zero, zero, 0 He was aiming at the wrong target. He didn't even meddle. Aimed at the wrong target. How many times have we done the same thing? How many times have we as Christians thought we knew, we knew that we knew that we knew that this is where God wants us to be, but we were missing our target? You know, we, we need to love each other, and we need to do that by caring for our brothers and sisters. Not just our brothers and sisters that are easy to love, but the broken ones. The ones that hurt us. The ones that have the greatest needs. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning and we just thank you. We thank you that you're a God that desires a relationship with us. We also thank you that you're, you, you want us. Uh, to be closer to you. You want us to, to understand your will for our lives. And Lord, I just thank you for giving us the tools, uh, to do that. And Lord, I just want to lift this church up. I just pray that, um, as this church grows, as this church continues, uh, to serve you, um, Lord, that, that you would allow them to see your will for this church. That you would continue to bless this church. That you would continue to, uh, help all of us uh, to see your will for our lives. Lord, you're an awesome God. And we thank you so much for your son. We thank you for him coming and dying and allowing us to have eternity with you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.